welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I'm your host, Mali Pompadith, and today we have Gigi McMillan with us. Gigi is a personal style strategist. She's an image consultant, and she's the founder and creative director of Camisol Style Consultancy. I'd love to welcome you to the show, Gigi. Hello, Mali. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I know that you are frantically preparing for a big event, and uh, we'll talk about that event soon, so I do appreciate your willingness to share your time Mm -hmm. and your story with us today. I'd love to start by asking you, what is Camisol Style Consultancy? Well, Camisol Style Consultancy started off as an accessory and handbag business, and it was something that I was... Um, passionate about at that time in 2010 when I was taking the handbags and accessories and buying unique items from around the world. Um, no more than one to three of those items, and I would sell them at private events, home events. And from there, I just knew that I didn't, couldn't keep up that pace, especially working a full time job. So Ultimately, the accessories were put out there to build an audience, so to say. But the ultimate goal was to be able to be a personal style strategist for individual women in business, um, talking to um, government agencies and corporations about what it means for business casual dress and appropriate dress in the workplace. And from there... um, it just grew into the, the editorial styling and, and fashion photo shoots. And at a certain point, I said, you know what, I love this, but I've always been the type of person that was interested in working for a cause or on the behalf of a cause. So in 2013, I went to Honduras with my family, and um, the disparity there just kind of hit me. I had never actually seen, you know, lack of resources and financial stability in live like I was able to witness it there. And I worked with Georgetown University, the McCourt School of Public Policy, to raise awareness on an international level to on the behalf of the children of um Honduras and trying to get them clothing and shoes and accessories. And I found that I hit a brick wall because of the lack of um, government stability there and that the children would not be able to get the items that they needed. So from there, it was trying, understanding that I wasn't able to accomplish that goal in the way that I wanted to just yet. Um, it has not left my 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 memory too far, and, and ultimately it brought me back to my story, which 
has it has turned into what the Purple Runway is and telling my story and working on the behalf of survivors. Well, let's go into, let's pause on the Purple Runway because we have a lot uh, that we want to share about mm -hmm. that particular event and mission mm -hmm. and cause. Uh, I'd like to kind of go back in time a little bit here and try okay. and understand really why style where did that come from um, in terms of your unique path that you would choose mm -hmm. to go towards style and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, helping others not only just have clothes to wear, because that's a basic necessity, mm -hmm. but wear mm -hmm. it in a way that matches who they are, tells a story. Why, yes. why does that matter and where did that come from uh, for you? Uh, why did, why mm -hmm. did that become your personal mission? Well, I've always loved fashion. Fashion was to me something that was a way to express yourself. And we all express ourselves. It's, we have seven seconds. Um, when we meet someone for the first time or we enter a, a room to network for the first time, seven seconds is what it normally takes for someone to honestly judge us for who we are. And it's the way that we look. Um, and it can be a benefit and it can be a setback into building relationships. Um, also, fashion was something that I loved in my younger years, but I also understood during the time of this journey of loving fashion, there's a style element, and the style element is from the inside out. It's speaking your truth from the inside out um, in such a way that it, resonates with the with people where you have are approachable we want to make sure that in any environment that we go in we're approachable and fashion can't do that but style can because it's speaking our truth of who we are so let's for example there's appropriateness of the way that you present yourself you would not go to a wedding in a bathing suit <laughs> right right you would not go to <clears throat> excuse me you would not attend a graduation in jeans because that's a special occasion but we want to make sure that we are appropriate in in the way that we communicate who we are and and make sure the temperature of how we're communicating that is is appropriate as well in the in the form that we're working in so i dig understanding style for me was a huge shift in how i approached fashion and i love the fact of being able to communicate who I was when I was in corporate America, although it may have set some people off, for example, um, I always loved a beautiful suit when I was working in corporate America. Um, I had nice suits. They were tailored suits. They fit very well. But yet the creative side of me loved three inch heels. <laughs> Okay. Right. So I had, you know what that says. And, but you know what? The style and the inside out of me, I was a very, very good um, human resource director and operations manager for one of the top 20 charter schools across the country. But where I refused to change who I was, was to change my shoes. That's perfect. <laughs> so you wore these amazing suits with these yes. three inch heels. Yes. And it made you feel like yourself. It didn't, you didn't it, feel it like made, you were losing yourself and your style and who you no, were, how you expressed no. yourself. No, not at all. And, you know, and, and it was very, I mean, once, you know, the office 
environment understood how well that I was able to work with others. And, you know, it became a non-conversation, but, you know, it's in those certain um, categories that I would go to um, events or go to the Hill for a briefing or something that, you know, you just know that it made some other people feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me more then about your uh, service offerings as a whole. With uh, Chemisol Style Consultancy, you do offer uh, unique services. So let's talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. And then I'd love mm -hmm. for you to move into um, the difference between the consultancy, the style consultancy part versus the brand management part. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the style consultancy par part is for individuals. And that is for them to identify who they are and what they're trying to communicate. So we have women that may have lost a significant amount of weight. We have women that are divorced. Or we just may have women that are ready to um, reinvent who they are. But they're not sure about cut, color, you know, um, season. And they're not sure how to unify their closets to make sure that you can mix and match. You don't have to have a whole lot of clothes, but you can mix and match and wear really 14 pieces, a, a, a curated 14 pieces in your closet. And you can wear those items for, for a whole 30 to 45 days and make it look different as long as it's coordinated and it's, and it's structured well for who and what you're, you're trying to present. Um, so, that's where Camisol Style Consultancy comes in. And we, we do that on a one-on-one -on -one basis. We do not try to change the person of who they are. We just highlight and bring out that proper fit and that proper feel that they want to um, communicate to themselves first. Because it's about feeling good on the inside before you can even communicate that to the world. So when you walk in the room, when you have the right colors on and you have the right cut on, people will say, oh my goodness, you're glowing today. You know why? Because those tones are working for your undertones. It's working for your hair color. It's working for that minimal makeup that you have on. Because when you wear the right colors, you don't, it, you don't need a whole lot of makeup. It's going to make you glow from the inside out. So that's what camisole is about. Um, back in the 1800s, um, it's a little fact that's known about a camisole. And actually camisoles were worn by, um, People in battle, the men that went to battle, they put a layer of um, protection under their armor in order for them to go out and fight. So when they had that layer of protection, if they were sliced with, you know, a sword or something, that that extra hidden layer and protection would be there to be a little safety net for them. So camisole is when you when you walk out of your door, going to work, going to a gathering, going to see family or friends, or maybe it's a new date and you're really excited about it. When you put on that layer of camisole under your clothing, you know what? It gives you that extra strength to stand tall and say, world, you're my runway and this is who I am. <laughs> I really love that. Thank That's you. Great. That's great. How long did it take for you to come up with that name of the company? Um, it, it, it actually didn't take that long because my son's name 
is Cameron. Uh, okay. So the K A M, the, the you know the spin on the spelling of the K A M, it stands for my son. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, let's talk now about this uh, beautiful concept of the purple runway. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the purple runway? How and how did the concept first come to you? And how you know how has it morphed now um, into this mission that you hinted at earlier in the interview? Mm-hmm. Well, the concept came because of on this journey of entrepreneurship, we go through a lot of ups and downs and many changes. And you know, this is not easy. And I, I know probably many of your past. Um, um, interviews, they, they, they probably communicated that it was not easy. It's not. Um, we don't, we are not going to leave our jobs and think that we're going to be in business and up and running wonderfully in a year. So through this journey, I, I learned more about myself. I'm a very private person. Um, I, I love my family and being out front with people. I, I, that was not a comfort comforting place for me. I'm very extroverted, but I'm also very introverted. And walking this journey, I had to learn more about myself. And while I learned more about myself, I found out what is my story? What is my purpose? Because I have to surround this journey with something that is very important to me. And how I got here, why am I so independent? Why am I so strong in certain areas? And it was because of the things that I found out I've overcome through domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And once I admitted that to myself, um, it was like a light bulb moment. And it, and it was something I could speak my truth on. Now, immediately that didn't happen, of course. Um, I had to settle within my own self to understand what does that mean? Do I have to tell the details? No. But you know what? Once I said, self, this is what we're standing for. This is how we can pull the fashion and the style into survivors and victims to victors. Okay. So with that, I said, I love helping others. I've always been in service of service to others, but how can I run a business, but also be in service to others? And that's what captivated me about telling my story. And it's not something that I chose to run out to the rooftop and tell, you know, it was conversations here, you know, um, groups of accountability partners that I shared with first. And I'm so thankful to you because you've made me feel very comfortable in the story of even sharing it and your spirit and your, the way that you are for me is a reason why I'm saying it's time. And you were the person for me to say it's time. Well, I'm so honored that you chose to say yes, number one, because (laughs) the choice is the biggest step, you know, making that decision to, think greater beyond the ego or the protection or the fears that we have Mm -hmm. when we put our stuff and I'll call Mm -hmm. it stuff out there Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because people will interpret it the way that they 
will interpret it. Um, people will hear the story and be moved by it or mm -hmm. not be ready for it. And mm -hmm. the courage to tell it anyway is something that we can't take lightly. When you see right. people out in the world sharing their story, it's not like they just woke up one day and just said, okay, I'm just going to tell my story and then that's it. It's easy. No, mm -hmm. it's taken years, if not the mm -hmm. entire lifetime, to have the courage yes. to say, I have to speak my truth because mm -hmm. now it's not about me. It's about the impact that this journey can have on others. So I, right. I really uh, am grateful for your bravery to come on and to share this. And again, you know, you get to share it the way you want to share it. It doesn't exactly. have to be all the gory details, but it has mm -hmm. to get out there. It yes. has to get out there because there's a world of people, uh, and we know this in the world of marketing mm -hmm. and messaging. There's, there's a whole bunch of folks out there in the world who just want to feel less alone, mm -hmm. and they're just seeking some support or hearing something familiar. And we get to do that. We get to 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 be a part of uh, connecting people, uh, and sometimes yes. not just connecting them to us, because sometimes they're halfway mm -hmm. around the world, but connecting them to their own truths. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that, and that's what what has empowered me to say I am a survivor because of the journey you just said. It didn't happen overnight. It 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 maturated into what it is now. Well, you've had to overcome your own personal journey of what we'll call domestic violence because there's many mm -hmm. definitions or many versions of what that means, and it's all mm -hmm. individual. Um, having gone through what you've gone through and now being in a position or making the decision to support others, what does it do for you emotionally? Does it, does it conjure up and trigger some things? Or, or, mm -hmm. or are you in a better place now where you can kind of walk through that, even if it feels mm -hmm. uncomfortable to support others? Mm -hmm. It most definitely feels um, wonderful to be able to support others. Um, when I learned that I was strong enough to support others, was when I could talk about it without the tears. Mm. So, and, and that's what keeps me going is because I don't, it's no more tears. That means that I have truly cleansed myself of the things that happen and what I had to go through. But the strength of knowing and the time it took me to get there was where I understand other women. And it's not an easy decision to make for various reasons, but knowing that this is not a conversation people want to have, knowing that domestic violence is something that happens behind closed doors in every community, um, whether you're talking about very affluent community or struggling communities, it happens everywhere. And, um, it's no race, no religion. It crosses all those boundaries. So, being a voice and saying, I am this person. I'm not telling you exactly what you have to do. I'm telling you, you have the strength to do what you need to do. Now, Gigi, for anyone out there who is listening, and we have to also really remind folks that domestic violence is not just something that happens to women. Exactly. Very important that we, you know, state that. 
uh, mm-hmm. because whoever's listening out there, and I would love for you because you've been in this space for a while and doing research and being involved mm-hmm. uh, in, in supporting this cause, I'd love for you to help um, our listeners really understand what is domestic violence or what can it include, let's put it that way. Okay. Yes. A lot of people think domestic violence is the, the, the visible physical abuse. And it goes far beyond that because there's emotional abuse. There's financial abuse. There is, of course, physical abuse. And there, there are other ways that kids are being abused. Um, and they're, because they're watching it. So, and they're watching it happen to their parents, the mostly their mothers. Mm-hmm. So there are variations of, of it. And a lot of times women say, if it was just the physical abuse, they probably could have um, left a lot earlier. But it was more of that emotional abuse, that mental abuse as well, that played a huge role of the reasons why they couldn't leave because before the physical comes in, a lot of times is chipping away at the confidence and the emotional abuse and the self-worth and all of that. So that is a lot more challenging to, to get rid of. And it's not visible again. That's the inside out. Right. Right. It's the inside out. So we can put on a pretty dress and we can put on makeup, but inside we are hurting and we're harming not just ourselves, but if we have children, we're lying to ourselves. We're making excuses for what's going on. And when the mental is in that state, it's very hard to change it because a lot of times you're not dealing with friends. A lot of times you're not dealing with family. You're stuck into a home that can feel like a prison. And then the prison gets smaller when, you, when, you, when it's in your head. Now, and you start believing. Gigi, when when did you decide to leave? Was there a moment or was it a collective mm-hmm. just, you know, over and over time you just said enough? What mm-hmm. what was that thing that said, I'm going to pack my bags. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the store and I'm never coming back. It was my daughter. Mm-hmm. It was my daughter. Um I I, I thought that I didn't want to face the fact of making a bad decision to my family. And I moved out of state and moved in with her dad and his family. And I found myself, this was, I I was living like I've never lived before. Um, And the day that I woke up, I had to stay at a shelter, first of all, overnight. And that was in Aurora, Colorado and pregnant in order for me to be expedited to the top of the list for public housing. I've never was uh, 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 understood what public assistance was at that time, but the shame and the misjudgment of character was too much for me to admit at that time to my family. Wow. So I stayed in the shelter. Um, they gave me an apartment the, the next day. When I opened the door to that apartment, the toilet was in the living room and the refrigerator, we had to pull the refrigerator out and the refrigerator was filled with roach eggs and roaches. Mm-hmm. And this was public housing. 
So the family cleaned the, the, the apartment for me. They got the toilet where in the bathroom where it's supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we had furniture. And finally, I was pregnant still, of course. And maybe about two months later, the baby was born. And from there, maybe about three months later, I remember waking up and I was scared to sleep because I knew it was roaches everywhere and I didn't want a roach to get on the baby. And um, we were able to clean the bedroom up enough. I remember this like it was yesterday, clean the bedroom up enough. But it was that she was about five or six months old when um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I turned the light on to make her a bottle at 2 a.m. And the roaches ran, just ran. And I said to myself, what am I doing? I, I, I was not, did not grow up like this. What am I doing? And that morning I called my mom and dad and I said to them, told them the story. This is what's going on. I was during the pregnancy. I was physically abused. I was kicked. I was, um, I had guns to my head, all the things that you could think that were horrible. But that was, my daughter was the reason because I said, I cannot raise my child in an environment that I was never exposed to in my life. And, um, by that evening, my parents, um, had a plane ticket for me to come to Washington, DC. And, um, I, packed the baby's bag and said that I was going to the store to get some milk and some more, you know, bottles for the baby. And, um, I put a couple of outfits of mine at the bottom of the bag and to hide with her diapers and put her in her stroller. And, um, I made my way to the airport. Um, I did have a few good thing. It was around the first of the month and I just had the money from social services on the account. And I made my way to the airport and I never looked back. How did your parents feel? They felt sad because I, you know, I just would not, um, I didn't entrust them to tell them the truth. And I just didn't want to hear, I told you so. Um, and that, that played in my head quite a bit. Um, but they never told me they told me so <laughs> that's the thing. Wow. So, um, they were glad that I came back to what I knew because a lot of times, you know, I'm a very faithful person and the Bible says that, you know, your kids will go out on their own, but like the prodigal son, he came back. And that's what I had to do is I, I end up coming back and they've understood it from there. But the sad part about it, even more so the story, the very first relationship I got in here, it was the same situation. It was also a domestic violence situation. And that's when I said, what am I doing? <laughs> How does this happen? My family it's a very tight, close-knit family. My mom and dad are are very close after 40 years plus of marriage. How did I do this? Do I not love myself? I questioned everything about me 
under the circumstances. And I had to dig deep. And, and that was through anger. That was through, um, lack of patience and, and everything. It was a, it was the fight of my life, to be honest. It, and it wasn't because of the physical abuse. It was the fight of my life to understand my value and understand you were not built for this. No one is, but you cannot do this. This is not your life. And, and, and I had to say no more, <laughs> no more to this. And I'm, I'm happily married at this point with never having any of those issues. And I've been married 14 years. <laughs> beautiful story that you've been able to do so much, come out of that and find a loving relationship. And yeah. it's, um, it's really encouraging and inspiring. And I would like to ask you for those that are listening who may be in a position where they're afraid, they're, they're really afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, they have had enough and, but they don't know mm -hmm. what to do or how to mm -hmm. do it. What words of wisdom can you share with them on an emotional level to just kind of help them feel connected that they're not alone? Right. They have to be able to, to talk to someone that they trust. First of all, because as long as you're dealing with it in silence, it's, it's tearing you apart and it's tearing you down and you have to and trust someone to talk to. There's so much help. Like when back then in those days in the nineties, I did not know anything about domestic violence. I didn't know it had a name. I didn't know there were places. And I still don't know if there were places were back then that were to help situations. But the first thing that, that I would tell anyone is to talk to someone you trust, whether it's your mother, your best friend, whether it's going to therapy, Finding your way to therapy and really getting it out where you don't feel that someone is going to say, what did you do or what didn't you do? Or did, you know, um, I think you're exaggerating or, you know, well, why don't you just leave? Hmm. It's not that easy. So you have to make sure the, the, the person that you talk to can help you through the journey because and that, that person can't force you through the journey, but it's always good to be able to start with talking to someone and then looking for resources in your area that's going to support um, a very confidential journey for you to make that change. Wow. I have so many questions and we'll have to do another, yeah. another show on this because <laughs> I want to also make sure that we have a chance to talk about, mm -hmm. um, the purple runway because it really ties directly into your journey mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. this event or this experience. And we'll call it a mission now because it's not just one event. It's going to be, um, many, many, many more events around the world. I can see it already. Yes. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the vision for the event itself for this year. Mm -hmm. And then in the future, how would you like the purple runway to truly make the impact that you want? Mm -hmm. Well, for this year, our goal is I'm so thankful to our sponsors, um, Saks Fifth Avenue and Mercedes Benz and Serum, our event strategist and, and um, Tea with Molly. I, I really appreciate 
each and every one of the sponsors for believing in this vision. And I think what people don't understand, this is a, a, a mission of love. That's exactly what it is. It's a mission of love for, for all of these businesses to come together because they understand the importance of having the conversation, having a safe place for the conversation, providing resources, our um, charitable associations um, with National Network to End Domestic Violence and Allstate Purple Purse. They have the reach and the support that um, anyone that wants to connect for resources, they can help um, in that way. But strictly for the Purple Runway, our goal is to take the shame away, um, have various people stand up and say, I'm a survivor. And when survivors unite on anything, we can make change and we can take the shame away. So this year, our goal is to raise awareness. Our goal is to not just raise awareness. We have been working to do the work to be able to communicate that to the, the attendees that Fairfax County, the chairman of the Fairfax County Housing Redevelopment Committee, he is writing legislation on the behalf of his position, um, the talks with me with for Purple Runway, to set aside 30 homes for domestic violence victims. And it's usually around over 700 days for a woman to really make that decision to leave. And a lot of times they, the shelters are packed and they don't have housing. Um, one of the, the statistics that I remember reading was that how the NNDV in their one day census report that it was over 7,000 um, requests for housing or shelter support that was unanswered. And through this journey, we're starting with Fairfax County and um, to set aside those homes for the for the victims so they can go somewhere and take their children and serve as a transition home, get the help through our partners in the charitable organizations. A lot of these women's work to also have work and have employers where they have their own paychecks, where they can change a bank account and be able to start flourishing on their own. Now, the houses will not be put up to, to show what we've done or anything like that because this is a very sensitive project, but they, we will let people know that they're there. We will start um, the organization with Purple Runway that will turn into a 501c3 next year to make sure that we have the resources and the board members and the support to be able to start with placing those women in those homes. And the overall goal is to make sure just in the Washington DC metropolitan area, we can, that can serve as a template to other counties to help. And maybe they can't start with 30 homes. Maybe they can start with five. Maybe they can start with seven or maybe they can start with 300. We don't know. But if we, if we as the organization and our board members definitely put together the formula and the, the, the package of the way we can achieve it in all these other counties, then you know what? That over 7,000 unanswered calls can definitely change in this area. And then I also hope that we will take Purple Runway to the different 
states to be able to identify survivors and to speak to victims and provide them support as well, but also take it to the fashion industry. I'm so excited. And I really want to do is um, New York Fashion Week to start L.A. Fashion Week because we were able to bring a lot of um, attention to it here that we know that bringing a dynamic show that includes Saks Fifth Avenue for sure, owning that runway, we can bring the cause and the fashion to, with a purpose to the runways during the busiest time in fashion um, seasons each, each year. And that's one of the goals for us. Wow, it's beautiful vision. It's huge. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and, you. And I know you've been dreaming this up and making it happen little by little. And all of a sudden it's going to be here mm-hmm. and you're going to look back and realize, wow, I can't believe that it just, you know, started with this internal motivation to do something powerful. And there mm-hmm. it is. So it just takes that, it just takes that dream, but it also takes somebody who's willing to make those sacrifices and take action on it. And I think you're definitely the right person for the job. I tell you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, let me share, let me ask you, what is it that you need uh, for the purple runway to really take it to the next level? What kind of support mm-hmm. do you need? What are you seeking for this year's event and for future events? Well, for this year's event, I'm, we're definitely looking for donations for the cause. Um, 50% of the ticket sales are going to um, our organizations, our charitable organizations. Um, change in action. One other piece that we have is called change in action. And um, change in action serves the perpetrators in, in a sense. And the reason why I thought it was so powerful and so important, because as you mentioned earlier in the interview, that women are not the only ones that uh, deal with domestic violence. I've actually talked to um, a couple of people that are transgender and are are L- from the LBGT community, and they said that there's nothing out there for them. They deal with the same thing as well. So we want to be able to provide help in every area that we can, and the donations will do that. Last year, um, there was over 3.1 million was raised on the behalf of domestic violence awareness, and every dollar, $5, $10, $3, $4, $4 helps the cause. So this is a labor of love, as I said, and that's what we want to do is make sure that we get those donations. And um, for next year, we definitely want to grow our sponsors. We want to have various businesses and, and, and individuals to be able to sponsor this event so we can take it to New York Fashion Week, so we can take it to the various different um, cities around the country to be able to break the silence because that's what it's about. It's about breaking the silence and empowering women um, in such a way that they know that they have sisters that are willing to support them and their goals to um, to overcome violence in any manner that they're dealing with. So right now, the donations come to the event, support um, domestic violence, be willing to be a voice. Contact me if you are interested in becoming a board member. We are looking for board members. So those are the things that we want to have in place this year and, and let people know this is not a sad thing. We are celebrating 
We are celebrating during the Purple Runway. We're celebrating those survivors and we're celebrating for our sisters that have not made it through the battle, so to say, but we are celebrating for them because we want them to know, come, you're, you're, you're come, you're welcome. And we're going to do what we can to do to support you. What are you most excited about for this year's Purple Runway? What is the, what are some of the things that are just like, you can't, it's just inside of you and you just want to explode with excitement. Can you share some, some things about this year? Yes. I'm really excited about having the ability to, to just talk about it, to just talk about it. Because although I'm, I am very much super excited about having an avenue to help others and, and giving resources and ways to do that. It's a journey for me where I've, I'm feeling free. I'm feeling open to the fact that I can tell my story. I've sat back for three years and to build the foundation of this. Um, a lot of networking was not involved because it was very important for me to make sure that when I was able to launch this, that I was able to do it in such a way, whether it's branding for um, designers or it's packaging models, portfolios, or um, working the Purple Runway or the magazine. It was all of those pieces were entities for me to be able to have in place to share with the world the story and build from there. So just being at this point where we have so much support, um, the word is traveling, uh, people are listening, people are interested. I think that's honestly the most important thing to me and what gets me excited. But in the end, it's that people are understanding that it's no shame. We're victors. It's no shame. And we can do this. We definitely can do this. Gigi, this is so phenomenal. I love talking with you. Your energy is infectious. I would like for you now to share how people can learn more about, first and foremost, um, Mm -hmm. your business, your brand, the Camisol Style Consultancy. Where can Mm -hmm. they find information about that? And then Mm -hmm. where can they support, buy tickets, donate, and show Mm -hmm. up to the Purple Runway? Where can they Mm -hmm. find out information about that? Yes. So we're on all of the social media channels at Camisol Style. And um, that's Twitter, Facebook, um, Purple Runway. You can reach us at www.purplerunway.com. That's our website. And to inquire more about the Camisol personal style branding opportunities, you our website is www. Uh, dot camisol dot design d e s i g n and um, we're he- we're there to help designers with the business aspect of the fashion industry and we're help we're we love to help individuals recreate or highlight who they are today and transform them into the new place that they are in their lives. So we will be providing services for domestic violence victims as well to, um, once they are able to get on their feet and they want to, you know, recreate themselves of the new person they are, we'll be there to help style you and to curate your wardrobe. Um, so it can speak to the new you, um, that was always there, but we're just going to highlight who you are at this point. 
through your personal style. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And then, of course, there's the Purple Runway website, correct? It's Purple yes. Runway. Is it .com? Yes, it's purplerunway.com. Great. Well, for anybody who's interested in this year's event, it's happening on October 2nd. Please go to the website and learn more Mm -hmm. about how you can support. Um, Purchase those tickets. And if you are unable to make it, if you're listening to us from uh, all parts of the world and you're not here in the D.C. area, uh, you know, again, just like Gigi mentioned, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, anything that can support the cause and uh, really help us rid ourselves of this uh, concept um, and what's really happening, the reality of it, especially here in the U.S., we know that it's an epidemic. The numbers are staggering. Let's yes. all come together and make sure that we um, end it. We end domestic violence yes. for good. Yes. So thank you so much, Gigi, for your time. Are there any final thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to share before we close out? Well, yes, I just want to say thank you so much for being a Purple Runway Community Champion. <laughs> it's my I honor. I am so excited. <laughs> Excited that you're going to be there and walk the runway and um, for the cause. And I just thank you so much for this opportunity um, to talk to your audience and to to raise the awareness even further than I could have imagined at this point in time for for domestic violence. So thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome, Gigi. I love what you're doing. Um, We're all here to serve and do something greater than ourselves. And so it's my pleasure to support you and your team because I know it's not just you. It's a whole lot of folks that are supporting you. A whole lot of folks. Uh, Your support team, your staff, Mm -hmm. your partnerships, and all of the community volunteers and sponsors uh, as well as in-kind sponsors. I just Mm -hmm. want to shout out to all of them on your behalf because it's a big deal that um, they really care enough to invest their time and their money to support your vision. Yes. Yes. That is, it's, it's, it's unreal to me, but you know, just like you said, when we support others, it's, it's, we get that back in return and um, it's just great. It's just a great thing that we're going to do here. And October the 2nd, I look forward to meeting everyone, everyone in the venue. And um, we will continue this on throughout Wonderful. Afterwards. <laughs> Thank you, Gigi. Really appreciate your time again. And I wish you all the best. I'll be with you at the event. And uh, mm-hmm. moving forward, we'll do anything we can to support your mission. It's a beautiful vision. And, and we want to help you um, achieve those goals. Okay? Thank you. And you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. We look forward to um, bringing you great stories and great visions. And we really appreciate you for always tuning in and being a part of our community. Take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.